excited to be here. You guys can take a seat. Thank you for that. Encouraging. I just want to take a minute. I don't always get the mic, and my husband's love language is words of affirmation, and I affirm him at home, but I'm just going to take a moment right here, so just give me a second to affirm my husband, Pastor JJ. Um, baby, I just want to say, you are like fine wine. You get better with age, okay? <laughs> but fine wine just sits there. You don't just sit there. You actively get better, okay? So I don't know if you know this about him, but every year um, he takes on like a new discipline and I just jumped the bandwagon with him because he's the kind of person that he figures it out. Like when we started the church, we needed a website. He figured it out. He always says, go to YouTube. You can figure it out. Like that's the kind of person that he is. And he got into fitness. I got into fitness. He actually, he got into prayer. I mean, he's a pastor, so he prays, but he got deeper into prayer last year. And that's why we're on this Pray First initiative, all because of him. So There's this saying that says, you can't lead anyone further than you've gone yourself, and you've gone far, and you've taken us with you. So I just want to say thank you for being such an awesome pastor. You're my pastor, too. I love you, baby. You're also my boyfriend. That's what I call him. Anyway, so he's taught me a lot, but the thing, one of the things that has changed my life that he's taught me is how to pack light for trips, Okay. Listen, where are all my overpackers? Yes. Okay, there's a lot of you guys. My goodness. Well, I come from a long line of overpackers, okay? My dad, when we used to go on trips, our van was just low to the ground because there's just so much stuff in it. And he's still like this. The other day, he, he took my, I sent my kids with him on a camping trip, and I go in the RV, and he had golf clubs. And I'm like, what do you need? To, guys, my dad doesn't even golf. <laughs> I'm not even, you can ask my kids. I'm not even lying. This is true. He overpacks. Well, the, the point of what I'm going to say is that he taught me to pack light because he's the kind of person that he brings like one bag and he has like 10 outfits in it. I don't know how it happens. But one year for our 10 year anniversary, y'all, we're going to celebrate 15 years this year. Yes. I know for some of you are like, that's nothing, but it's a big deal to me. Okay. But five years ago, we went on a trip to Europe and he was like, babe, I have an idea. Why don't we backpack to Europe? And I'm like, backpack? No. Okay. Backpack is for school bucks. Okay. Not for two week trip. I don't understand how people do it. People who do it, I'm like, you probably smell. Okay. There's no way you go on a two week trip with a backpack. So we compromise. Okay. Cause that's what you do. That's why we've been married so long. We compromise. He's like, okay, what do we do? Carry on because check bags are expensive. Okay. Especially to Europe, you're going on those flights anyways. So we do a check bag. I was like, I can hang with a check bag because they don't weigh it. Right. Or so I thought. And I'm like, I just pack it to the brim. I did that whole sit on top of it, zip it up, you know, made sure that everything fit. We get to the airport and I'm like, babe, where are our tickets? And he's like, I don't know why they didn't give us tickets. They just said to go to the ticket counter um, to get our tickets. I'm like, all right. So we get to the ticket counter and the lady at the ticket counter tells me, ma'am, we need to weigh your bag. And I'm like, weigh my bag. This is a carry on. Okay. Like I'm carrying this with me. You don't need to worry about how much it weighs. (laughs) And she's like, there's a weight limit because this is an international flight. Their policies. I don't know. I'm like, babe, what is this ticket that you cheap ticket that you buy? (laughs) So she weighs the bag and it's 
Y'all, the lemon's like 50. That bag is like 80 pounds, okay? I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I planned out all of my outfits, okay? We were going to be in cold climates, warm climates. I had it to the T. I had to start pulling stuff out of my bag. Y'all, I was like, what do I do? I put my camera on me. I started putting jeans over my, my leggings. And I'm like, okay, so try it again. And she's like, no, it's still heavy. I started putting scarves on my husband, sticking socks in his jacket. I didn't know what to do. And so finally, this is, this is the thing that she said to me. She said, your bag is too heavy. She says, you are carrying too much baggage. And if you don't check your bag and get rid of some of your baggage, you will not be able to go on this trip. The title of my talk today is Check Your Bag. Check your bag. And why is this story so significant? Because the reason why it's so significant is because there's destinations that we want to get to, goals that we have, dreams that we want to attain, and we can't get there because we are carrying so much baggage. We're carrying so much weight, and it's stopping us from getting to the places we want to go to. My sermon in this instance is, if you're taking notes, there are some destinations we want to get to in our lives that can't be reached without losing some of our baggage. And for me, it was a trip that I had been planning for years. But for you, it could be something more serious. Maybe you're single and you want to get married, but you have the baggage of your last relationship and you haven't let that baggage go, so you can't get into a new relationship. Or maybe you want to start that business and you haven't because you're carrying the baggage of all that self-doubt from all your past failed attempts. Or, or, or maybe you want to get into a deeper relationship with a friend or family member and you're not able to because you're still carrying the baggage of the past hurts and mistakes that they did to you. But in order to get to where you want to go to, you need to make sure that you check that bag. Now, that being said, not all baggage is bad. Some baggage is good, right? We got to carry some stuff with us, right? We got to carry our socks, ladies, our makeup. I never leave my house without my diffuser, your underwear, right? Speaking of underwear, we actually took a trip one time. <laughs> I know, such a transition, speaking of underwear. Because it's important to pack your underwear, right? But we, we took a trip to is it South Carolina one year. Um, and I don't understand why my husband still... T- he leaves me in charge of packing. I'm obviously with the story. I suck at packing, but he leaves me in charge of it. He doesn't want to do it. On top of that, he also wants me to drive. I'm making him sound so bad right now. He's a loving husband. But drive every time he's going to preach somewhere, when we were first married, we couldn't afford flights, okay? So we had to drive. So we drove to South Carolina 10 hours. Y'all, on that trip... I forgot to pack his underwear. And he's preaching. Okay, you get sweaty when you're preaching. So, but the thing was, when we got there, so we got there, we got there in time for him to preach. By the time we got to the hotel, it was late. He was tired. He went to sleep. He didn't take a shower. (laughs) The morning he woke up and he's like, babe, where's my underwear? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And because I'm all about the outfits, you know, but I forgot to pack the essentials. And then he has to preach, y'all. He had to do that whole, like, put your underwear inside out. And he did that a few times. I know it's disgusting. Sorry I'm telling this embarrassing story, but you tell some really embarrassing stories about me, like last week, so this is payback. 
anyways, so it's important that you, you pack some of these things, right? And, but I learned from that day, right? From that day on, I always pack my underwear first. There are some lessons that you got to make sure that you pack, right? There's some things that you got to make sure you pack. Like that time that you dated that guy that was lazy, and every time you went on a date, you had to pay for everything. You learn your lesson real quick, not to date guys that are lazy and don't have a job, right? You, you make sure you pack that in your bag, right? I mean, nowadays, I don't know, things are different. You want to pay for everything? That's fine. That's, that's up to you. That's not me. But anyways, it, or like that time that you took two jobs because you wanted the new Tesla that came out or you wanted to go on that vacation and, and you took those two jobs and then you ended up in the hospital because you were so exhausted and you need to pack that so that you don't make that mistake again. Make sure you don't overwork yourself. These are items that we need because if you don't learn from your mistakes then you're going to keep repeating them. We need some baggage to survive. But then that begs the question, so then what baggage is good and what baggage is bad? What do I keep from my past and what do I let go? Well, I'm glad you asked even though you didn't. This is how you know. Ask yourself this question, is my baggage triggering alarms? Is it triggering alarms? Like, you know, when you go through the TSA and you try to go with, I mean, I don't know why you would do this, with a knife or a gun or, or clay. Clay, do you remember that? Well, I know, he's like, clay? One year, my husband, this is another funny story, has nothing to do with my point, but still, it's just funny. Because I'm going to keep sharing stories. But he, show, he showed up to the airport with clay. You're allowed to bring clay with you, okay? But you know how my husband does all these elaborate illustrations here. Well, he went to go preach somewhere, and I don't know, what were you preaching about? Like... Modeling, it was modeling clay. Listen, my husband has a beard now. He had a little bit of a longer beard. I'm just gonna leave it there, okay? There was people at the TSA that wouldn't let him go, okay, because he had clay. They're used for things. That's all I'm gonna say. So he never made, he made sure. <laughs> he made sure he never packed clay, okay? Why? Because it's setting off alarms. So you gotta ask yourself, am I packing clay? Am I triggering alarms? And this is how you know. I'm tr for me, I'm triggered on Sundays. Sundays is a whole trigger for me. How many parents do we have in the house? Yes. How about, can you attest to the fact that Sunday mornings, coming to church with your kids has got to be the hardest thing to do, right? Like, it, they're yelling, they're screaming. I mean, it's just, it's a hot mess. Well, it's so triggering for me. And I'm just going to vent right now because I, I lay out my kids' clothes the night before. I iron them. I give them a minute-by-minute minute schedule on, on what they need to do to be in the car on time. Like all the things. I set their alarm the night before. And they are not in the car on time, with the exception of this morning. I don't know what happened this morning. Yeah, see, he tries to take all the credit. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, and then he brings it up. He's like, how come every other Sunday we're like late, but today we're all on time? And he's like, I'm like, whatever. Anyways, so it's triggering for me. Why? Because I end up so upset because I feel like my kids are not listening to me. And then the whole way here, I'm yelling at them, all upset. Then I get here and I have to put a smile on my face and act like nothing happened, right? It's triggering for me because I was the youngest of three daughters and I grew up 
with people not listening to me and I didn't feel respected. So when my husband leaves the dish in the sink, it's triggering and I get really upset. I have a big attitude over something that's so little. Why? Because I have that baggage. Maybe that's not your baggage. Maybe your baggage is your boss at work corrects you and they're just trying to give you corrective criticism, but you get ticked off. You get so upset about it and you take it personal. And then in your way home from work, maybe you get road rage and you get upset because someone honks at you and you're thinking to yourself, man, you're correcting me too. And it's triggering for you and you get so upset because you have a people pleasing spirit. Or maybe you feel like you're not enough and nothing that you do is enough. Or maybe someone uh, makes a comment on your post and social media and it's a negative comment and they don't know you and you don't even know them, but you take it so personal and it's triggering for you. Why? You get so upset because maybe you're dealing with some insecurities and that's how you know if your baggage is, is triggering alarms. When you have big emotions for something that shouldn't affect you so much, that's how you know. And the question isn't, do you have baggage? Because we all do. We might not all carry the same thing, but we all carry something. The question is, have you opened up your baggage and analyze if what you're carrying is helping you or hurting you on your journey? Yes. Is it triggering alarms or is it helping you? And today we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to analyze our baggage. And in order to do that, we have to dig. And so just like they do when you go to Disney and your bag triggers an alarm, they take that little stick, right? And they start digging in and they start seeing if whatever you have in your bag is something that you can't take to Disney. Well, we're going to do that today because we want to make sure that whatever's in your bag is not stopping you from where God wants to take you. And so to, to start, like I said, we're going to have to dig. And we're going to start doing that by reading the Bible. Hebrews 12:1 says, So then with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's throw off any extra baggage. Get rid of the sin that trips us up. Extra baggage. In other words, baggage that's too heavy. My first point is determine what's too heavy. Y'all, I worked really hard on this message too. All of my points spell out the word dig, okay? So there you go. He's not the only one that works hard on his messages. D, determine what's too heavy. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And the reason why I said it so slowly is because that's what we do. We carry heavy burdens. But then he says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. The reason why I like this Bible verse so much is because Jesus is basically saying, I love the fact that he's not saying we're not going to carry any burdens, right? We all have burdens to carry. But what he's saying is the burden you're carrying is heavy, but the burden I want to teach you to carry is light. So I want to show you with an illustration the difference between carrying heavy burdens and light burdens. And I'm going to do that with cinder block and then a cardboard cinder block. So if you see, they, they look the same, right? but they're different because this one is way heavier than this one. And so this is, this is, I'm just gonna give you an example of my life and what I do, right? 
And don't judge me because like I said, we all have different burdens. This is my burden. It might sound weird to you, but this is just me. And so I carry the burden. I work out, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this done. <laughs> yeah, boy. I got to do this two more times in another service. So we carry heavy burdens. So my burden is the fear of the death of a family member. It might sound strange to you, but it's not to me because we lost our son in 2015. Um, and that was really traumatizing for me. We lost him in the hospital. Um, he was, he, if y'all don't know our story, I won't go into it, but he only lived for eight hours. And so that traumatized me to the point that I'm always afraid that I'm going to lose a family member, be it either Pastor JJ or my kids or my parents. And so I carry this burden. And, but then this, this is what it looks like for me to carry the heavier version of it. So Last week, my husband, or two weeks ago, he had a trip. And every time he's going to go on a flight, he doesn't know this, but every time he's going to go on a flight, I am so worried. And I carry this heavy burden, worried that something's going to happen to him, that he might die. Actually, two weeks ago, he was supposed to go on a trip, and the, the flight got canceled. It was raining. And I was happy about that, okay? I mean, he wasn't going to bring the money home, but I was, you know what? I'm like, the money doesn't matter. You're alive. It's okay, you know? And that's me. Sometimes, you know, my kids going to kids camp. Last year, I was afraid they're going to, I don't know, be on the swing set and fall and hit their head. I mean, crazy stuff goes in my head, and I'm worried Constantly. And so this is what God is telling us to do. Instead of carrying that heavy burden of worry, I'm going to show you something else to carry, which is lighter. Instead, why don't you just carry the responsibility and maybe even the joy of spending time with your family members, right? How about you do that instead? Because you can't control this, right? You can't control if something happens to them, but you can carry this. Now, this is still a burden, right? It looks big. It's a lot lighter, but it's still a burden. So what do I do? I go take my kids out on dates. Next week, I'm going to take my mom out. I have date night. We have family day. It's still a burden, but it's something that's light. It's something that I control. It's something that I can carry without a problem, right? And so maybe that's not you. Maybe this is you. Maybe you had a relationship with a girl and, and she broke your heart and you're like, man, I can't, I, and you regret that relationship. So this is, you can't, oh, this is heavy. You carrying the regret, that regret is heavy. We carry the, the, <laughs> the burden of regret or maybe even you carry the burden of not trusting anyone anymore because you got your heart broken and this is you. You meet a girl and you're like, I don't know if I could do it because I just, I can't trust them, right? I can't trust the ladies or maybe you're, you're a woman and you're like, this is about to rip. I can't trust. This is how heavy it is. I can't trust guys, right? Or maybe you're like, you know, this is another thing I've heard. All guys are dogs, which I have to say, I have two boys. If you call all men dogs, that's not okay, you know, because I have two boys and I wouldn't like for you to call them dogs, right? So call them dogs and you'll see. I will cut you. But anyways, <laughs> that's the hood in me. Pastor JJ said we're listening to hip hop. I still listen to hip hop. But anyways... So don't carry that burden, only at the gym. So if you see me at the gym, that's probably what I'm listening to. Don't carry that burden. Why don't you, instead of carry the lesson, it's a lot lighter, right? So carry the lesson. What, what is the lesson in that? Maybe I need to pick better people to date, right? Maybe I need to pick better friends to trust. Not that you can't trust nobody, but I need to trust the right people. I heard someone say this quote. They're like, why do we have to wait till the red flags are on fire to realize that they're red, right? That's what you need to do. If you find your friend flirt your, your your girlfriend flirting with a guy one of your friends and maybe maybe that's not the girl for you right so there's that 
Or maybe you carry the burden of, of worrying about your kids. Maybe you're worried that they're not going to be functioning adults or, or, or they won't be able to get a job when they get older or something like that, or they end up in jail. Or maybe you're worried about them not coming to church. And this is you at work every day, worried. You're thinking, man, he was hanging out with that kid, John, the other day. That kid was not, I don't, I don't like him hanging out with him. And then you're just like, and you're at work and you're thinking about this. And instead of working, you're worried about your kid. And so instead of just worrying about your kid, again, something that you can't control what they do, this is what you should do in Instead of worrying about whether or not they're with the right people and doing the right things, how about you take them to a church, right, that teaches them who they need to hang out with, that teaches them the right things. And so again, this is still a burden, but hey, take your kids to church, okay? Not just your kids, you bring yourself to church. It might seem like a burden, but you know what's going to be worse? You getting phone calls from your kid in jail, right? That's, that's a heavier burden to carry. How about you carry this? This was my parents. They took me to church every Sunday. They took me to youth group. They t- even, when it had, even when it was like a, a youth camp, they took me. I might have been listening to Alicia Keys on the way to the youth camp, but it didn't matter. I was on my way to youth camp because they took, and that is why I'm here today, because my parents were praying parents, they took me to church, and they carried that lighter burden. I wrote it this way, Jesus doesn't offer a burden-free life. He offers us a life of light burdens. So sometimes, even after digging on our own, we still can't figure out what we're carrying that is not serving us, and when that happens, we need to ask for help. So my next point in digging is invite others in the process. Invite others in the process. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. The reason why I like this Bible verse is because it's talking about community And also it's talking about sharing each other's burdens. And when I read this Bible verse, I don't understand it completely to just say share that you help someone else carry their burdens, but also that you share with that person what your burdens are and they can tell you whether or not you should be carrying those burdens. And so when I think of this Bible verse, I think of who do I consider to be my good friends, like my real good friends. Like, and this is the way, this is a test for me to know whether or not you're my good friend. And it might sound silly, but you're my good friend if you tell me if I have spinach stuck in my teeth. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, right? I hate it when I have like lipstick on my teeth or a booger sticking out of my nose or whatever and you didn't tell me nothing. You're a real friend if you pause the conversation and you say, look, you look silly right now, let me help you out. And it might sound silly, and in this case, it's on your face, but, and I'm making a joke about it, but I'm, I'm talking about also, you need the kind of friends in your life that are not afraid to tell you, like what this Bible verse says, when you're going off the wrong path, or maybe you're carrying something that you shouldn't be. And so for me, this recently happened to me because um, I'm ashamed to say it, but I am pretty argumentative. Um, about a couple of weeks ago, I got into a big argument with my dad. Actually, it was here in the backstage. It was really not good. But, and, and I feel really bad because the last time I was on this stage preaching, I was talking about arguing with Pastor JJ, and now I'm talking about arguing with my dad. 
so yeah, I don't argue all the time. But, and, and then also to add to that, last week he was saying, he was being really gracious and sharing the story about how I don't like when people tell me no, or I didn't. Well, I still don't, okay? Let's be real. I'm the kind of person that if, if I talk to customer service and they tell me no, I'm like, okay, well, you can't help me. Let me talk to your supervisor, right? Like, I need yes, okay? If you took my money, I want my money back. That's it. Like, that's just me. But anyways... I'm saying that because my dad is like that too. And so that just means that we bump heads. And we got into a really big argument. Y'all, it got so bad that it got to the point that we were like, maybe we should just take a break, right? I mean, it was that bad. And I felt terrible because I had that fear of my family members dying. Every time he would call, I'm like, is he okay when we're in the middle of this argument? Because I was worried, you know? And, and I didn't know what to do, so I, I called my sister, you know, talking about this idea of inviting others in the process. And my sister's the kind of person that she's like, break, break the glass in case of an emergency, right? Because she will tell it like it is, okay? And I don't want to hear it. But in this case, I'm like, I need her to tell me what to do. And so I told her the situation. I told her what happened. And these are the words she told me. She says, Liz, you're trying to carry the weight of changing dad. She's like, you're trying to carry the weight of changing him. And on top of that, you're putting the weight on him to be a perfect father. And he's not perfect. Only God is perfect. Yeah, she, she's actually a pastor. She, she preached to me, all right. And so she said, and you're trying to put that weight on him. And I realized something like, I was expecting something from my father that only my heavenly father can give. Yeah. So side note. If you want to mess up any relationship, like people always tell you how to better your relationship. If you want to mess up any relationship, if you want to destroy any relationship or ruin it, expect that person to do for you what only God can do. Whether it be unconditional love, yeah, whether it be just forgiving you at the spur of the moment. People are people and it's going to take time and we can't expect those things from them all the time. And talking about that, um, it's funny because... Another way that you can invite other people in the process is to join a small group. Actually, we have small group signups coming up soon. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start. Um, and I wish I would have just saved my money. And let me, let me explain. Small groups is like the discounted version of therapy, okay? I don't know about you, but I like a good deal. If it's free, it's for me, okay? And so I spoke to my sister a week later. I went to my therapist. I spent $135 for my therapist to just confirm everything that my sister already told me, okay? So I'm just gonna encourage you, join a small group, okay? Invite others in the front. It's way cheaper than therapy, okay? I have nothing against therapy. I go to therapy, go to therapy. But I'm just saying, go to small group first, see if you can work it out, then you, you know, I'm just giving you a tip on how to save your money. And, and like I said, small groups is important. I've heard of people finding freedom in small groups. There's, there's wives who love it when their husbands go to small group because they come back serving them. Or there was actually a testimony of a man who he was going to small group, a freedom small group with other men, and he confessed to them a secret from his past, something that he had done that his wife didn't know about. And the guys in the small group, they checked his bag. And they told him, bro, you cannot be carrying that. You need to tell her the secret. And he was scared, but they supported him. He told his wife, and now their marriage is stronger than ever. And so that is the power of small groups. You need to invite others in the process. I wrote it this way. A good friend doesn't just help carry a burden. They help identify the burdens that shouldn't be carried. So shameless plug for small groups. 
My last point is give it to God. Give it to God. And I'm going to illustrate this with sharing the difference between two kings, and that is Saul and David. Saul is the one that didn't give it to God, and David is the one that did. And so if you're new to church, I'll give you a really quick backstory. So the Israelites didn't have a king. All the other countries around them did, and they kept asking God for a king. So God told the prophet Samuel to choose a king, and he told him to choose him from the tribe of Benjamin. And so to make a long story short, Samuel chose Saul. And the Bible said that he chose him because he was handsome and tall. So he basically was like, you look like you could be king, you're chosen. It was like that. And so the problem was that Saul was insecure and he didn't even understand why he was chosen. This is what the Bible says Saul said when he was chosen. I'm from the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family is the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. So by this, we can understand that he was carrying insecurity. And the day came when they were going to present him as king. And just as they were going to present him as king in front of all of the Israelites, they couldn't find him. Why? Because he was hiding. This is what the Bible says. 1 Samuel 10:22. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. And this portion that says hiding among the baggage is a great picture of how Saul felt. He was hiding behind his insecurities. They wanted him to be king. They thought he looked like he's ready for it. And he was like, no, I can't do this. He was insecure. He had that heavy baggage, that heavy insecurity, instead of trusting that God was going to see him through that position. So he went and hid himself. Then we have David. What is David's backstory? Well, we know that he came from a poor family because he was a shepherd boy. And in those times, if you were shepherding your own sheep, that means that you didn't have money because if you did, you would just have a servant do that. We also know that he was the youngest of all of Jesse's sons. Um, and he probably got that job because his older brothers didn't want that job. Um, and then also we know that he was a son that maybe even wasn't, he was forgotten. I know Pastor JJ talked about it last week. Whenever the time came for him to be chosen, Samuel, again, the prophet, went to choose the next king. And it was supposed to come from the line of Jesse. Jesse brought all his sons out and he forgot David. Can you imagine being forgotten like that? And then to make matters worse, Whenever David went to go ask Saul about killing Goliath and he told him he wanted to be the one to kill Goliath, Saul didn't even believe in him. He said, you are too young and Goliath has more experience than you. So can you imagine all of the baggage that David is carrying? He's probably dealing with rejection, insecurity, unforgiveness in the way that his family treated him. And you know what he did with all that? He left it behind and he walked out the path that God had for him. And we can read that in 1 Samuel 17, 21 through 22. Israel and the Philistines drew up their battle lines, army against army. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered to check out his brother's welfare. So before David could fight, literally the biggest giant in his life, what did he do? He left his baggage to the keeper. And what does that mean? He gave it to God. 
And if you're here and you're like, what does that mean, Pastor Liz? Give it to God. That sounds so simple. He prayed first. He said, God, I give this to you. And I get emotional when I think about this because I myself have baggage. I have insecurities and I feel just like David. But when we keep reading in Psalms, we get a closer picture of what David is thinking in his head and how he gives it to God. It says, my heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelming, and I can't stop shaking. That means he's carrying that heavy burden. It says, but I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. What I didn't share with you when it came to the story that I shared in the beginning in my 10 year anniversary is how we even got there. I didn't tell you that part. And so I'm gonna show you now how we got there. Like I said, when we got to the airport, I didn't know what to do. I had to get rid of some stuff. So I called my dad. I called him and I said, dad, I wanna go on this trip with my husband. I've been waiting for years, but they're telling me that I can't go because I'm carrying too much baggage. I have too much weight. Can you please come back to the airport and take all of this stuff that I don't need? And he did, he came back to the airport. And then what I did, I went to the lady at the counter. I said, can you give me a trash bag? And so little by little, I just started taking all of the stuff that I did not need and I stuck it in the bag. And can I tell you, I did that five years ago for a trip but I had to do that this week. Why? Because I'm waiting for the day that I will stand on this stage and not be insecure, but I am. I'm insecure and I have to deal with that. And you know what I did this week? I called on God and I said, God, I am full of insecurities, but I call on you and I give that to you. And I'm gonna carry out the plans that you have for my life. I'm not gonna let that stop me. Father God, I thank you so much for taking all of our burdens. If you are here today and you have a burden that you want God to take, I'm gonna ask that you put your hands up in a sign of surrender saying, God, take this from me. I call on you. I give my burdens to you. I give my fears to you. All of my past mistakes, I give them to you. Take them from me, God, so I can walk out the path that you have for me. And if you're here today and maybe you haven't made a decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you haven't made a decision 
to make him your keeper of your burdens. Or maybe you did in the past and you walked away from him. Today's the day of salvation. Today is your day. And if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus on the count of three, I want you to write, raise your right hand to the sky as a sign and a symbol telling God, God, today I make you my savior and my keeper. One, two, three. Raise your right hand to the sky. I see your hands. I see your hands. Church, if we can all pray with all these people who raise their hands, and if you raise your hand, repeat after me. Father God, today I make you savior of my life. Be my keeper. Take my burdens today and every day after. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for all those who made a decision to follow Christ today? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.